Welcome to the Blazing Ember podcast, where we aim to amplify the voices of Latino professionals. We, Diana and Maria, founded this podcast to explore unspoken rules and all the ships, leadership, mentorship, sponsorship, and allyship with Latino leaders. We are here to ignite your path to success with valuable insights. Bienvenidos. Hola a todos. Today, Maria Leticia Osadaza is joining us. She's a partner and chair of the Latin American practice at Wilkie Farr and Gallagher. She's also part of Wilkie's executive committee. Maria Leticia is really a force. She's a passionate advocate for diversity and equity, immigration, and just very energetic. She does so many things and has achieved so much that a short intro really doesn't do her justice. I'm hoping that this podcast episode does, but if not, we're going to have you back for another session, Maria Leticia. So let's get started because we don't have enough time to cover all the things you've done. Bienvenido, Maria Leticia. Let's start with just kind of getting a little bit of intro for you, for our listeners. Tell us about your journey. Have you always thought about where you would be today? Did you dream about that when you were a kid? So first of all, thank you for the invitation. I'm so, so glad that uh, I was able to make it. I always wanted to be a lawyer. My parents are both lawyers and they were so passionate about what they did that I I really felt that I, I, I wanted to do that. I was really interested also in defending others. So they used to call me Abogada del Diablo at school because they were like, why are you constantly defending people? That doesn't have anything to do with you. I was like, well, but that's not fair. So, so okay, you weren't started. charging. I take it you weren't charging at the time. It was pro yeah, bono. No, I wasn't. <laughs> it was all pro bono. But uh, but I also had this weird interest in reading the Constitution. Our Constitution in Colombia was completely changed in 1991 and it added like tons of new rights, fundamental rights. So I was very interested on in that. So yes, I wanted to be a lawyer, and I remember asking my parents, like, okay, if I want to be a lawyer, what is the best university to go? And they were very French in in their beliefs. And and they said, well, the Sorbonne, of course. So that was really what I had in mind. Just work hard and keep the best. I didn't have a specific path in my mind. And I think that has really served me because it took me to different ways. And here I am in New York and I never thought about being in New York. So, so that's a little bit of, uh, of that journey. So, so how did your culture, right? How did being Colombian influence that journey? Look, in, in so many ways. I think we Latinos are very resilient, capacity to adapt, right? Because not we don't take things for granted. Nothing, right? I grew up with a family that said, you know, you have, if you, if you take that amount of food, you have to eat it, right? It, it's just not, there, there was no way or many kids that are just dying on the street. So you have to eat it. And that I think has really served me. I don't take things for granted. I work really hard. I'm very resilient and, and we adapt, we keep moving. And that is not, I think, just only applicable to me, but it's our culture. And it's also the culture as immigrants, right? That we learn to, we grew up with different cultures and, and that is like our strength. Yeah. It's funny how sometimes the strength comes from a very traumatizing experience where, whereas children, right, you are taught if you've been given this, it's a gift. You can't just say, I don't want it. You basically have your gift if you don't like it or not. And you've got to make the most of it because you right. don't know what else is around the corner. 
There may be nothing around the corner and that's it. So you're taught to take advantage of things. And it takes a lot, right? I think, Maria, it takes a lot to to turn those kind of, like I said, kind of negative, a little bit negative, a little traumatic experiences and turn them into something positive. Yeah, I totally agree on it. And that I think that's going to be a part because to me, like that part of not fitting in can be really your superpower, right? But you have to work and you have to learn about that. Uh, because it is, as you said, Yana, it's, it's, it's tough. Yeah. So I'm going to ask you, sorry. No, go ahead, Maria. <laughs> we're, we're all jumping to talk to you. <laughs> and also when you say Maria, I guess now this is the first time we've had a podcast that has two Marias. So I don't know which one you're referring to. <laughs> I'm going to assume it's the guest. So can you tell us a little bit about you're in the Latin American practice. You're now on the executive committee, right? Which is I mean, there's very few, if any, that I know of that are on the executive committee. So why Latin America? How did you get to the executive committee? Just give us a little bit of kind of those. Sure. So I I started my career in Paris because, you know, since my parents told me that the best university was in in Paris at the Sorbonne, actually, I got a scholarship to, to study in France. So I went to, I did Sciences Po at the same time that I did the Sorbonne. And I started in a price office where I was doing a lot of cross-border deals, mainly with Europe and the U.S. But I also started working a little bit with Latin America through an oil company that was doing business in Colombia. When I came to New York, I, I was supposed to stay here for nine months. And then they asked me to stay because they, the international angle was very interesting for them, for some clients that we were working at that time. And for me, it was like, exact. so we go back to what makes us difference is really our strength. So Mm -hmm. I said, look, I speak more than one language. I know the culture, like why not to start a Latin American practice? So I went to talk to, to our marketing, the partner that was in charge of marketing. And I said, look, I have this idea. And he said, okay, how much is that going to cost? I was a senior associate at that time. And I said, not much. I'm I'm willing. It was just to go to a conference. And I said, I, of course, I will travel coach. I will just not spend that much money in hotels. And I really want to try it. And he said, why don't you go and talk to our, one of the chairman, Tom Turbino, who I didn't know at that time. And he has been my great mentor and friend. And tell him about that. So the question was kind of the same. How much is that going to cost? And I said, not much. And <laughs> that's how it started. And it was really using what, uh, all that made me different in my favor. To your strength. I love that. So so when was this? This was a few years ago, right? I mean, it's been it was five years? A few years ago because I have been partnered for 10 years already. So it was probably 12, 15 years ago that oh, I wow. started practice. Okay, wow. And it has been growing. And one of the things that made me really proud is that I think two years ago, we elected three Latinas uh, for partnership. And, and that's just one of the great accomplishments, right? When I look around and I see how many Latinx we have, that's just amazing. Because when I started, I was the only one. And, and now around the offices, only in the U.S., we should have more than 60 people. So, wow. so you're little, so you're like what seemed, it was a big sacrifice, but like a, a, a little sacrifice comparison in, in time, right? But what you did by just getting started has opened the door to dozens of people. And I know even outside of your Latin American practice, 
you just mentor a lot of, of Latinos and Latinas within the organization and outside of the organization. How do you think you've been able to drive that change, right? The change, meaning like the opportunity, right? How have you been able to give these opportunities to others? Like to me, mentoring is really a passion. Like one of the things that make me more happy on my day to day is just like speaking to others, right? Sharing, I think. And that's that we, we will talk about more, but that's part of why I decided to grade because sharing, sometimes we feel really alone. And also as Latinx, like we just feel like those things that have happened to us are unique to us and they are not, mm-hmm. right? Like just feeling mm-hmm. vulnerable, looking around and you don't see anybody that looks like you. When I came here, they were like, we don't understand. Are your parents French? No, my parents are not French. Okay, so why do you speak French? Well, because my parents decided for me to go to a French school. Okay, but that was like kind of weird, right? Yeah. And they're like, yeah. and you went to France for law school. Okay, so <laughs> I couldn't, they <laughs> couldn't you put were me outside on of, you're right, exactly. It's the box. You were outside of their imagination and their stereotype of what you were supposed to be. Exactly. And they were like, well, so, and I speak English with an accent because my second language is French. It's not English, right? Uh-huh. So those things <laughs> to make you like, feel like, okay, like I'm this weird thing that nobody really knows what to do with me. And just sharing that with others for me is how you make the change because We need to share contacts. We need to share tips. We need to just help each other, uplift each other. And and that's, I think, how we generate the change. Because to me, believing in diversity, believing that diversity makes us better is really key. And, And we have, it's not about clients asking us to just be diverse. It's about organizations really believing that diversity and inclusion is a great thing. Yeah. I had someone write an article the other day about echo chambers and how people tend to exist in echo chambers, right? And my thought process was, how do you fit outside of the echo chamber and how do you break into the echo chamber? And I think some of it is demystifying who you are and what you add and why you belong in the echo chamber, right? Which sounds like that's what you did. And little by little, you helped build the rest of the echo chamber, which is awesome. And, and feeling deserving. I think, Maria, you touched on a very important point. I think for us as Latinas, I will say more as Latinas, but it's applicable to the whole Latinx culture. It's like feeling deserving is not easy, right? Because, uh, and we talk about a little bit, Diana, when you mentioned that it's a little bit traumatizing our stories, right? Like I grew up during the Narcos War. Mm-hmm. And, and the gorillas and, and all that. And sometimes people make jokes about and now that the narcos, like people keep talking about narcos and they're like, oh yeah, I know Colombia because of this. And, and so it's not easy, but just like feeling deserving. Um, because seeing all those things just as, as things that make us proud, not the narco thing, but our resilience, right? Yeah, right. I grew up there, right. but here I am. And I'm deserving. I'm talented. Like even those opportunities for people to show how talented they are is what really will make us see more more Latinas and Latinos at the top of, of the organizations. And I think, unfortunately, some of that is the education of our history within the United States. Someone who is, who is born and raised here, right? 
I am ashamed to say that I don't know a lot of my own Colombian history, like for my parents, right? It's in my, it's in my adult years that I have learned so much about the colonization, about the system that was imposed on us, about how many different cultures came and took over Latin America and how that has influenced some of that, some of those feelings, right? Of not speaking up, of not thinking you deserve something. And it just takes, it takes a lot of work. It takes a lot of internal work, right? For each person. And then it takes a lot of collective work to change that perception, which is honestly one of the reasons Maria and I did this. We got tired of listening to each other. (laughs) (laughs) And not not hearing ourselves elsewhere, right? And and it's, Diana, to your point, it's this, tiene que ser humilde. My mother would always say, tiene que ser humilde, right? And, And for those who don't speak Spanish, it means to be humble, right? And so being humble doesn't get you ahead. I mean, look at what you did, right? So if you had been humble, you would have sat there and said, I want to have a Latin America practice. I think it would be good if we did a Latin America practice, but you wouldn't do anything about it, right? Whereas you went in and said, here's what I want to do. So, right? Go ahead, and, and very noticeably, the first thing she did was she talked to marketing. Why? Because that's exactly what you have to do. You have to talk yes. about your idea and figure yes. out how to sell it, right? How but, are people going to believe in you? In you? What, what's your message? What's your value? Exactly. And, and something that we, and, and this is fantastic that you guys have these podcasts because I completely agree with you. One of the things that we need is like to talk more, right? And, and for people to listen and for people to just feel that there is a community, a community that is ready to uplift you, to help you, to really make you successful and understanding that we're all different. I always say for me as a leader, it's not about um, making people look or talk or be like me is just finding their strengths and be able to say, look, this, this is you. Let's get where you want to be. And really that is because it's, it's really being authentic that you can be your better self, right? And that is what will really make the difference, really talking about this and, and just like get this moving, but also understanding that we can be a brand, right? Like we yeah. have to market ourselves. So, yeah. so, and start gaining that confidence, being really confident in ourselves. Like I remember that because you want to feed it, right? And more if you don't look like anybody else. I remember doing a training and they said, oh, usually you look for people that go to your same school or people that look like you, that have the same religion or that have these. And I was looking around with like, okay, well, then what do I do? Right? Like, (laughs) where do I go? Right? (laughs) Exactly. Where do I go? And then understanding also that we can find value in just like going to those people that don't look like us. If I talk about my mentors, like my mentors don't look like me. Tom Trevino has been my amazing mentor and he doesn't look like me. But what we have in common is that we work hard. Tom is an amazing leader and that has helped me so much and like adding a lot of those values. So, So that has made a difference. And that I think is also very important. So you talked a little bit about your allies, right? And I know Wilkie has some great allies, but what, what is some advice that you can give people who may be stuck in that place that you were some time ago, where you're looking around, you're like, nobody understands me, 
for whatever reason. Nobody looks like me and nobody understands me. How do they find allies? What are those conversations like to make those friends that you need? Look, I mean, to me, it's, all, it's just like trying. Sometimes these people are available and they will be happy and willing to help you. But, but sometimes we're afraid because they don't look like us or we feel like we don't have anything to say. I think just taking that risk and saying, look, I, this person, I find it very interesting. Why not go to talk to them? Will be great. But also something that I do is I try to just put people in contact and say, maybe it will help you if you talk to that person, right? So for me, part of my role at work is just making sure, and I mean, of course, it goes to everybody and every associate, but I do have a particular affinity with, with the Latinx group. But for me, it's just getting everybody to know people at the executive committee, people that can help them, that can be their supporters. And that is but all inside the institution, but also outside the organization. So, so I think it's just like finding somebody that really has your back, but also not being afraid of asking to people that don't look like you is going to be really key. And, and how do you encourage... Latinos, Latinas, how do you encourage them to be leaders, to be bold, to take that step forward? What, what kind of questions do you ask or how do you guide them? Look, something that we have been doing is like building our bus a business plan, right? So we ask that, I ask that to my team and people that want to do it. So we will they have to see it even if they're first year and go through these are my these I think are my strengths. These are the things that I want to accomplish this year. These are the things that I learned from last year. So having a little bit of a plan on what and where you want to be, where you want to go and and just like sitting with them and saying, okay, this is what I think on how we can get there. I think we need to have a little bit of more structure and organization so we can just like um help each other to get there, but also mentally, right? Because sometimes you will be like, yeah, I want to do that, but I'm not sure exactly how to do it. And just putting it on a paper and saying, okay, this, this is what I want to do. This is my plan. Just helped you in so many ways. And going even to the marketing point, right? Because it will, it will also set up your plan and you will be able to say, okay, this is, these are opportunities that I have to increase my profile here. I send them like to, to speak in engagements. I, I figure out that it is really boring for people just to keep listening to me. And that on my team, there are so many people that so. tend to change and have that. So I'm like, okay, why don't you go? And sometimes I would be like, but I don't really know about that. And I'm like, find the angle. This is you do compliance. And this is about issues on more a general level, but is related to compliance. So why don't you talk about that? And they do great. But just creating those opportunities, just it takes a little bit of organization so you can get there. Yeah. So, so that, I mean, I love that idea because I often found that in talking to people and myself included sometimes, right? You get so busy doing the day to day and trying to manage all of the things, particularly if you are also a wife, a mother, a sister, a caregiver, any, throw anything else in there, right? 
And so it's about planning your career and taking that time. So it sounds like you do that for yourself as well. Otherwise, you wouldn't advocate for others to do it. So can you talk a little bit about like, how do you decide like right now, what are your next steps, right? Yeah. If you want to share those, if you want to keep them secret, it's okay. (laughs) I I, I haven't. So I am very organized and I, I, I talk, I talk a lot about el delirio de la perfección. So really this, this, this monster of being perfect. And I have dealt with that like my whole life. So being very extremely organized, being very determined and stubborn with things. But, but the, being a perfectionist can also be something that is tough to, to just deal with, right? On a day to day. So I do try, I have learned that I do set some things. So I really, for me, a big accomplishment was like to be on the executive committee because that's been part of the strategy, the management of a law firm that is now 1,200 lawyers and offices around the world. And that for me was a big accomplishment. So I do, I did want it to get there, but, uh, but for the rest is a little bit like more about, okay, I want to grow. I do also my business plan. So I will say I want to increase our clients on this particular practice area. I want to get more involved on the organizations that I like. I want to do more mentoring or this is how I see we can do more mentoring. So I do also get to to organize and think a little bit like what what do I want to to do? I'm not that straight now. And and of course, I love the element of surprise that things change. But I think just having a little bit of, of a map to follow is good. It makes you more strategic, right? Yes. And and I love that you talked about perfection because it is my enemy as well. But the way that I see it is that if I aim for perfect and if I fail at being perfect, it's still pretty darn good. So there's nothing wrong with having that little monster. It's not the best monster to have hanging around, but if they're hanging around, you're going to aim really high and set that bar for you so that you are going to achieve something. So I don't have yeah. that monster. Oh, my <laughs> hang out with me all the time. <laughs> I drive her nuts. It's okay. <laughs> Good, but what we cannot do is that monster of perfection will not allow us to use opportunities that maybe we feel like we're not ready for that, right? Yeah, that's, that's true. That's true. To us as women too, right? Yeah. We want to be perfect. Like I, I wanted to be the perfect mom and the perfect wife and the perfect attorney and the perfect and you're like well that's just impossible that just doesn't happen so just understanding that and that not everything can be as planned is really important so maria leticia i knew this was going to happen we thought we could get everything in one episode that 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 ship has sailed and (laughs) we're going to have you back for part two so we're so thankful for your time today and we're going to have you back. We will figure out that time. And I'm excited to talk about the latest in your life, which is as a teaser, it's, it has really nothing to do with law. It's like another side of you. So we look forward to having you back. Maria, I don't know if you have any parting thoughts for us now, or we can just save it all for the next one. Which Maria? You Maria, not Maria Leticia. <laughs> <laughs> no, thank you so much. I mean, I really appreciate having you on here and really sharing some of the realities, right? And so proud of you to be one of us and, and all you have achieved. And we will chat some more about some personal stuff, I think, on the next session. So listen for us wherever you find your podcasts. 
and make sure you are on our website, which is blazingember.com. And we will come back shortly. Thanks, guys. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Thanks for tuning in to the Blazing Ember podcast and our journey to empowerment. Look out for more episodes to keep your ember blazing. Visit blazingember.com where you can connect with us and share your feedback. Hasta pronto.